Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Hello, my name is Karen and um, it is a privilege to be able to speak to you today. We are in the middle of a series titled Summer in the Psalms. We've had an introduction from Elias on the first week and Paul spoke to us last week from Psalm 1 and both have lined me up very well for what I want to talk about today and I feel like God is speaking to us about a, a similar theme which is, which is very exciting. Um, I love the Psalms. And sometimes when I'm finding it hard to read my Bible or to to be disciplined about that, I go to the Psalms. I find a lot of comfort in the Psalms, hearing how much God loves me, is providing for me, celebrating um, the communion between God and us. There's there's so much good, rich stuff in the Psalms that, that brings brings a lot of comfort and, and really helps me feel a lot of God's presence. So when I got asked to speak about a Psalm and, or my favourite Psalm or some verses, I thought, yes, that's great. I get to speak about something really lovely, about how loved we are, something nice like that. thought a nice, cosy Psalms preach. But as I prayed and prepared, I felt like I was to talk today about holiness and purity. So I argued with God on this. Not only is this not really a cosy talk, um, but I also felt a lot of challenge about whether I was even qualified to speak on this. How can I talk about something which I definitely don't always get right and I definitely won't always get right in the future? How can I talk about it when I don't always live a holy and blameless life? But actually, I think that that is part of it. So I'm, I'm not talking to you today as somebody who has nailed this and gets it right all the time. And yes, I'm holy and God has made us holy and he's, he's restored us and redeemed us and views us as righteous. Um, but I think there's this challenge for more to pursue holiness. And I, I'm talking to you today as somebody who's working out, who's got it wrong and will get it wrong. But I'm inviting you into this process with me as I felt challenged to pursue holiness. So when you hear those words, I wonder what comes to your mind. Holiness and purity. And I guess I, my talk today, I have a little bit of, of a health warning in terms of nothing I want to talk about today is meant to condemn. Condemnation comes with shame and that is not from God. But actually, I want to invite you into the process that I feel that God is taking us on. The challenge to rid, us, rid ourselves of any apathy or complacency and to actively pursue a life of holiness. What would it look like for us to be a church where the kingdom of God dwells, where God's presence rests because we are holy and pure? In Matthew it says, um, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. What if we were a church who saw God, who saw his presence? So I want to talk today about, about holiness and purity. And I think I could talk about this in lots of different ways. But I'm going to be talking today um, from what God has been saying to me through Psalm 119. All of this is a challenge and an invitation. And it's your choice how you respond. And for everything that's gone before, there is grace, there is forgiveness. And God may convict us today and, and challenge us, but actually that's an invitation from God. And there is, there is grace for everything that he is challenging us to do. 
So as an aside, I also picked The Longest Sam, so I assure you I'm not going to speak through the whole chapter. You may know how much I love to talk, but if I was to do that, we would be here until next year. So I'm going to focus on the first few verses. So firstly, a bit of background, because I'm a bit of a geek and I do love to know interesting facts. So Psalm 119 is um, arranged in an acrostic pattern. So there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and this psalm contains 22 units of eight verses each. So each of the 22 sections begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and each line in that section then begins also with that letter. So for example, the first eight verses all begin with the letter A, which I just thought was quite cool. So we're going to read today from um, the, the sort of letters A and B with a bit of others pulled in. So Psalm 119, starting from verse 1. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not, do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. So this chapter, um, chapter um Psalm 119 has 176 verses and actually in 171 of those verses so in almost all of them there is a reference to the word of God to his laws to his word to his testimony his statutes and this chapter is talking about the blessings and the benefits of a life following the word of God and actually in the passion translation the beginning of this chapter is titled the ways to happiness and everyone in this world is looking for happiness and how to live their life. They're looking for the golden rules of happiness. From a quick Google, there's millions of different um, articles and blog posts and search results around different, different titles such as what is the fundamental key to happiness, seven keys to happiness and success in life, ten easy steps to happier living. The world is looking for joy. And this chapter paints a picture of joy as the glory of God close communion with him because we're following his ways and the blessing and freedom that is talked about because we're following his ways is repeated throughout the chapter and that's no accident it's repeated because it's saying take note and listen this is something important so I want to specifically look today at the first two verses and reading from them from the passion translation which says this you're only truly happy when you walk in total integrity walking in the light of God's word what joy overwhelms everyone who keeps the ways of God, those who seek him as their heart's passion. So it's talking about an overwhelming joy and a true happiness. 
So that's an overwhelming joy and a true happiness when we stick close to God by following his ways and seeking him. So that's the promise of joy, more than we could ever imagine, better than what the world has to offer. So I want to look at both parts here. So it's keeping the laws and seeking God. So keeping the laws, when I say that, I wonder what you think about. I don't know about you, but almost the minute I get told a rule, I want to work out how I can break it or how I can not quite break it, but actually still do everything that I want to do. I was brought up in the church, so I very much knew the rules and what was expected of me. And even at school, you know, there was the odd time when I tried to skive off class, but I would go to the library and have a pretend study break so that I wasn't technically leaving school or getting in trouble. So if I'm following rules by technicality, but not actually following them because of my heart, then they're completely meaningless. The religious leaders and the Pharisees, often they followed the rules, but they followed them by technicality. So there was no heart, there was no no reason, there was no love there. And outside of love, rules are meaningless. The religion of the religious leaders and Pharisees thought they had to keep the rules to get the blessing. That is based on performance, the fact that I need to earn love and need to earn my place. But yeah, outside of love, rules are meaningless. And what the world has to offer seems much more appealing. We're told, put others first, honour those around you. Don't get drunk, don't have sex before you're married. Don't lie, don't cheat, pray all the time. Lots of rules and they seem unending. And it's how, you know, the thought, how on earth can I keep all these? But actually, what if we reverse them? We're not following the laws to seek God. But actually, by seeking God, then we follow his ways and we follow his laws. So actually, not, not, not being like the religious leaders and Pharisees, we're not following the word to get the blessing. But actually, following the word is the blessing. And as we pursue him, our desires change as we pursue God. In verse 14, it says, I find more joy in following what you tell me to do than after chasing after all the wealth of the world. And so actually, as we pursue him and get close to him, our desires change as, as we want to, want to know him more and follow his ways. And verse 65 says, your extravagant kindness makes me want to follow your words even more. So you see, it's a cycle. As we seek him, we desire him. And then we desire his ways and we follow his laws. And then that leads us to want to seek him more. So it's the cycle of intimacy as we're getting closer and closer to Jesus and to knowing him more. So we have in this chapter the, the practical example of following his ways and what that looks like. But actually all of that is overflowing from the heart, from our inward life. We're seeking God first and then we follow his ways. So the outward all comes from the inward. So that's what I want to think about today. Is where are our hearts? The psalm gives us the challenge around this, but it also gives us the tools. And I want to talk through some of them today. And that's the same with God. He may convict us, he may challenge us, but he always gives us grace for change. So I'm going to talk through three keys today um, that I've seen in the passage. So step one, review to examine, to examine our hearts and see what's going on. And the question is, are we seeking him with all of our hearts? Verse two talks about those who seek him as their heart's passion. 
and verse 20 describes a soul consumed with longing for God. So if a soul is consumed with God, then there's no space for anything else. And this dovetails with the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. But this seeking after him is active. I'm not just talking about encounters here and being filled up with him, which is amazing. And I love encounters with God. But actually, I'm talking about that daily pursuit, that daily choice. And and what what are we pursuing in our life? What are our hearts pursuing? What is, what is your first love? You may think that's an easy answer. And yes, the Sunday school answer is God or Jesus. But here's the challenge. If you looked at your time and if you looked at your money, where do you spend those? Because where you spend your time and money shows where, you, where your focus is. That shows what you're pursuing and shows what is your first love. So if you were to think about the last week, the last month, the last day even... Where did you spend your time? Where did you spend your money? Our time and money should not make sense to somebody outside of the kingdom. It shouldn't make sense to somebody how much time we spend in prayer, um, how much money we invest into the kingdom, because actually that might not be their priority, but that's our priority. Do I look different to the world around me? Does how I spend my time look different to the world around me? So what is your first love? And how can you keep committed to your first love? Do our hearts look different on a different day of the week? If Jesus was looking at you on a Friday night, would it be different to a Sunday morning? Are there parts of our life which we would like to keep hidden from God? We can't have a divided heart. There's a quote that says, a half-heartedness seldom finds anything worth having. So we have to be single-minded in our pursuit. If you were to get on a plane and start at the equator, um, on the equator, and fly all the way around the earth on the equator, if you're even just one degree off, by the time you land, you would be 500 miles off target. And that's just less than the distance from London to, to the north of Scotland. Have you ever had those moments when you suddenly realise how far you've strayed? When you suddenly have this wake-up call, you think, how did I get here? How did I get this far from God? How did that thing happen that I said would never happen? Actually, we can't let ourselves get even one degree off because then all of a sudden we'll find ourselves miles off target. We have to be single-minded, single-focused, with a heart that's undivided. We can't have both things in there. We can't love God and, and money. We can't love the world's desires and the kingdom. So we have to review. We have to examine what's going on in our hearts. What is our first love? And then step two, we have to restore. Then we look at restore. So actually, it's a check-in um, on, on what we are feeding ourselves. So actually, how much, if, I, if I'm saying all that, like, yes, this pathway to intimacy and moving closer and closer to him, how much do you even want that? How much do I even want that? Actually, because all our desires come from what we are feeding ourselves. So about a year and a half ago, I did the Whole30. Has anyone else here done the Whole30? It's like the most painful experience. Um, 30 days of basically like no sugar. You basically can't eat anything apart from vegetables, it feels like. It's supposed to be really good for you. But um, at the beginning, it was, yeah, very painful. And I had to apologize to those around me as I, as I came off my addiction to sugar. Um, 
But actually, after time, my taste started to change. And what I desired changed. So actually, at the beginning, when all I wanted was sugar and was craving sugar, by the end, I was feeling so satisfied and nourished by really good vegetables and, and meat and things like that. And I remember actually the first time I ate fruit again, um, it tasted so sweet to me. And I actually broke Whole30, or finished Whole30 at the Thanksgiving dinner a year and a half ago, um, which food which normally I would love and, and would be craving and look after. Um, but I remember thinking I didn't even, didn't even really desire it. And when I ate it, it actually made me feel really ill. So it's not that sh all sugar is bad, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is what we feed ourselves is what we're going to crave and that's going to be what we desire. So actually if you're not desiring God and you're not desiring intimacy with him, are you feeding yourself on him? Are you feeding yourself on his word? Again, that this psalm in 171 of the verses, it's, it reminds us again of are we, are we feeding ourselves on the laws and on his ways? Um, verse 13 says, I speak continually of your laws as I recite out loud your counsel to me. Verse 11, I consider your prophecies to be my greatest treasure and I memorize them and write them on my heart to keep me from committing sins, treason against you. And verse 35, guide me into the path to please you for I take delight in all that you say. So what you're feeding yourself on is what you're gonna be hungry for. Are we feeding ourselves on Netflix, Movies, alcohol, people, Instagram, that's one that I've been really challenged on. And I'm not saying that any of that is bad, like none of that is bad, but we have to look at where we're getting our standards of normal. Where actually do you determine what is your norm? What, what are you being influenced by? What is the loudest voice? What are you feeding yourself on? And actually, when we're surrounded by the world, all of that can feel more appealing, everything that it has to offer. And it can feel like all these rules that we have to follow, that we're making constant self-controlled choices to deprive ourselves and to not do the things that we actually want to do. But if we spend all our time focusing on the things that we can't do, then we're going to end up doing them. Because the things that we hold in our mind and we feed ourselves, that's what we become. What we behold, we become. But actually, if we think about our, spend our time thinking about Jesus, about his presence, about his goodness, then actually purity and holiness, that's going to come to us because actually that's what we're focusing on. So I think actually purity, it's not what we're running away from, but what you're running towards. Not running away from all the things that we can't do, thinking, oh, they're about to catch up with us, but actually running towards him, towards his presence. And in verse 14, it says, I find more joy in following what you tell me to do than in chasing after all the wealth of the world. So as we followed all the laws, followed his ways, sought after him, actually that becomes appealing to us. That becomes what we desire. Our appetite changes. As we learn the scriptures, spend time filling our minds with the scriptures. I felt really challenged recently when I was a child. Um, so I grew up in the church and we'd have a memory verse every week and I memorized a lot of the Bible when I was young. But now, I haven't done that in years, and I felt really challenged recently, actually, I'm memorizing the scripture. Do I spend longer thinking about the scriptures and the truths of the scriptures than I do um, doing, doing lots of other things, watching Netflix, things like that? So holding, there's a challenge in, the, in this um, chapter to hold his words as our greatest treasure. So are we holding that as our greatest treasure? And this, I, this is a long game, so it doesn't mean if, we, if you spend some time or with God this, like tomorrow morning, then by the afternoon it's like, oh yeah, that's it, that's all I desire now. It's, it's not like that. 
but it's a process. And there's grace and there's forgiveness when, when things go wrong and we mess up. But actually, it's, it's f- examining our hearts, resetting and restoring ourselves and feeding ourselves on his word. So then step three, remain. How do we stay in that place? God is really holy and his presence is really holy. His grace will constantly be pulling us in, but our choices can move us out. Our level of intimacy with him is always determined by how much we want. In Matthew, um, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Do you want to see God? Do we want to see God? When I was a child, I was very active, and um, was child number three as well. So by that point, my mom doesn't have another hand to try and hold on to me. So I don't really see this anymore, but did I, I, I used to get put on the reins. Um, so you got this like almost string attached to your back where you can only probably travel about a meter away from my mom before I was, I was pulled back in. And actually, that's, that's a prayer that, that I've prayed to God. And that, that would be my challenge to you. I, I, I we're praying to God, don't let me stray further than, than a meter, you know, like the equivalent, like out of your presence. Don't let me stray away from you. And actually, God isn't going to put us on a rain um, without us asking, because it's, again, it's our choice. We determine how much intimacy with him. But actually, if, if you pray that prayer, God, keep me close. Challenge me the minute I step outside of your presence. And believe me, there are times when that feels like super duper uncomfortable. Um, and I've been in situations where it feels like everybody else is doing something and I, I've had to leave. I've had to remove myself from the room. And it feels really awkward. Um, but actually, I feel like that's my conviction from God. I feel like, and actually, he's drawn me closer to him. So always I've received more of him in return and the blessing and just the freedom from that. And it may be different for different people as well. And actually, what, what's, so I think always this has to come from our conversations with God of what's okay for me, what's my level. And actually, what's my standard that pulls me back to his presence? And actually, taking alcohol as an example, is my standard when, when I've, I drank too much that I don't remember the next day? Is, is that when, oh, I've stepped outside of his presence? Or actually, is my standard the minute I don't hear the still, small voice? The minute I'm not really sensitive to what he's saying to me? What's that standard? Again, that, that's my choice. I get to choose how much intimacy I want. But actually, that's something I feel really challenged with, is that minute, when do I stop hearing? So there are things that can pull us away as we try and remain in his presence. So I've talked about our actions there. But actually, God can help us. You know, this, this psalm again says, teach me how to make good decisions. It's all about making our decisions with a constant awareness of his presence on me. How can I move carefully knowing that he's on me and actually I'm wanting him to go with me? But actually, I think there's a couple of other things that I've been been challenged on recently. Um, and the next one is busyness. London can be really busy. And actually, I think busyness can be a bit of an addiction. And it's something that I've, I've felt really challenged on. When people say, how are you? And I'm like, oh, busy. Um, always busy, always rushing. But actually, if I'm busy all the time, am I stopping to hear his voice? Am I stopping to feel challenged by him? Am I even aware when I'm stepping outside of his presence because I'm so busy, I can't even hear him? So actually, sometimes sitting in that uncomfortable need that, that I feel something lacking in me, and actually it's easy to stay busy and to just ignore that, but actually am I stopping to say, God, God, what's going on? Check in, check my heart. 
And then the next one is complacency. We, you know, if you've been a Christian for a while, you know what church is like. You know the routine, you know how it goes. We have the worship, we have a talk, we have some prayer, then we go. We know, you know, even we know God does miracles, yet we'll pray and then we'll leave. But actually, I felt really challenged. Am I staying, um, am I staying wowed by his presence? Am I staying awed by his presence? Because I think the minute we get complacent and just expect that we can hear him all the time, we can start to drift because actually when we're checking ourselves and bringing ourselves back. If you even look at the, the Israelites in the desert, so they were provided with manna. So every morning they woke up and there was, there was food out of absolutely nowhere came to them, which at the beginning they were like wowed and it was amazing. But you fast forward, you know, for us like a few verses, for them a, few, a year or so, and they're bored of it. They're bored by the miracle. It's just so that happens. And actually, the other week we were in worship and Tabitha um, stopped us. We were singing How Great Is Our God and she stopped us and challenged us. Are we aware of what we're singing? We can get so used to the songs we sing and so used to the prayers we pray that actually we stop being wowed by his glory. This passage talks continually about cherishing his testimonies, keeping his testimonies, writing down his testimonies. Having that fear of, the God, of, fear of God as we stop and think and be wowed and delighted in his presence, remembering what he's done. So yes, the kingdom becomes normal as the kingdom comes to earth, but it doesn't become normalized and it, becomes, it remains glorious. So if we, if we go back to where we started, that we can find this overwhelming joy and this true happiness and freedom in following the Lord and in his laws. But it doesn't just come from our actions, it comes from our hearts. It, coming, it comes from stop and checking my heart, examining, am I pursuing God with all my heart? Is he my first love? What am I feeding myself on? What, where do I spend my most time? Where do I get my level of influence? Where do I get what influences me? Am I staying close to him, following his word and his goodness? And am I, am I allowing him, him to, to pull me back in when I, when I start to drift? Am I allowing myself to be challenged and to be brought back into his presence, to be kept close to him? Or is, is my busyness, my actions, my complacency, is that pulling me away? And the thing is, we can, we're always pulled back in. There's no sin, there's no um, anything we've done in the past and anything we will do in the future. There is always grace, which will always pull us back in and restore us right to right standing with him. But do we want to get so far away that we need that big pull back in? Or do we want to remain close to him at all times? So this is all a choice. It's all a choice to you. And it's been a, a, a big challenge and choice for me. God lets us choose how close we are to him. We can still get to heaven um, w without choosing this, without choosing to be really convicted all the time by him. But actually, how close do we want to be him? Do we want to be a church and a people who are different to the world around us because we're marked by his glory and marked by his presence and actually the kingdom of God comes and rests on us and dwells on us? So we're going to go back into worship and... Um, yeah, I've, I've felt really challenged recently, so I just invite you into this process with me if, if you're up for it. And um, we're going to just spend some more time praying, um, sorry, worshipping, and then we're also going to pray as well and just see what God wants to do. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.